Welcome to Minnesota Matters. I'm Scott Peterson, and I'm joined by MNN's Bill Werner, Tasha Radel, and Mike Grimm. We're going to delve into what's going on in the North Star State. If it matters in Minnesota, we've got it covered. This week, the new hands-free cell phone law, troubling teen vaping trends, and a preview of Wiffle Wars 3, a fun annual event bringing local celebrities together for a good cause. But first... They were unable to reach an agreement during the legislative session, but this week, two months after the session ended, state lawmakers announced they're very close to a bipartisan deal to help lower insulin costs in Minnesota. Democratic Senator Matt Little of Lakeville says the only real hurdle to clear is an agreement on funding for the proposal. Otherwise, um, you know, I I guess I would say we're 95% there. Uh, We have most of the details of uh, what the bill looks like, um, you know, uh, through the legislative process. It's going to have to go through a few drafts um, and tweaks, but we've we've agreed on the overall framework of how the, the bill is going to operate. So um, uh, other than funding, we're, we're there. With regards to the specifics uh, of that framework, uh, what does the measure propose? Yeah, so it's kind of uh, a three-part system. So uh, the way it would work is uh, people can go to a pharmacy um, uh, in Minnesota and they can say they're in need of an, an emergency insulin supply. Um, they, have to f- they would have to fill out a form saying they meet the eligibility um, uh, criteria that we've set out and they, they attest to that. Um, and once they do that, the pharmacy would give them, um, you know, what's called a minimum packaging unit. So that's either one vial or a pack of pens, whatever the, the minimum uh, package is. And so that roughly equates to about um, uh, a 20 to 30 day supply for most people. Um, after that, the form is sent to DHS. Uh, DHS verifies the income um, and eligibility criteria. And if they, uh, if they do qualify, they can receive up to an additional 60-day supply. Um, as part of uh, receiving that additional supply, uh, we're asking folks that would qualify for uh, county programs um, to go uh, and, um, you know, basically have a consultation with the county um, to see if they qualify for either health insurance or other, um, you know, income assistance programs to help solve um, you know, kind of their long-term structural financial problem so that they don't need emergency insulin uh, again. The governor, of course, came out with a statement saying that we're at least 60 days overdue on this agreement, uh, obviously uh, pinning it to the timeline of the end of the legislative session. Uh, what do you say to the folks out there who have been advocating and who you've been in you know, contact with for quite some time who have been advocating for having this resolved much sooner than now? Well, uh, I don't, uh, I, they know I agree with them. Um, I wish this was done during the last session, um, or the session before that, or the years before that, uh, when this um, a- has been a problem uh, for folks affording their insulin. So I 100% agree with them. This should be done already. Um, but I'm just, I'm doing whatever I can, and this whole group is doing whatever we can to, um, you know, move forward with the, the situation now and, and, and um, keep pushing a solution um, and get this done as fast as we can. That's a sentiment shared by Republican Senator Jim Abler from Anoka. Couldn't agree more, and practically speaking, uh, my goal is uh, that they would sit down this summer 
And in the next uh, couple of weeks, starting now would be great with me, and come up with a plan and call us back into a special session in September. And we meet for four hours, and we the thing passes unanimously, and we and we give the governor authority to implement based upon his executive authority, and the thing can be operational by fall. People are dying, and time is done. And to wait for this for next session, or even to accomplish it for the middle of next year, which is what the four proposals did that we that that didn't pass this session, was for a next year implementation, middle of the year. That's too long. Abler says he's optimistic when it comes to the progress that lawmakers have made. He says moving forward when it comes to funding. Opinions range from letting Big Pharma pay for everything to having the state pay for everything, or as Glenn Taylor wrote, uh, that we should split the split the money into from both uh, pharma and from the state, which is actually my position. And what we now have is these. You have a bipartisan proposal from pretty much middle managers. It's now time for the state leaders, the governor and the majority leader in the Senate and the uh, Speaker of the House and their crews to sit down and and find a way to bring this uh, to fruition. I'm really excited we've gotten this far. The bill that lawmakers are trying to reach an agreement on is named for Alex Smith, the Minnesota man who died when he could no longer afford his insulin. His mother, Nicole Smith-Holt, has been a visible and vocal advocate for lowering costs. Yeah, I am pleased that they are still continuing to work on this bill, that they're still talking about it and trying to formulate a solid plan. Um, I'm hopeful that you know they will reach the agreement on... Uh, the funding portion, and will hold pharmaceutical companies accountable to actually fund this program. That's the ultimate goal. I strongly believe that, you know, pharmaceutical companies, the three insulin manufacturing companies, should be funding this program. And if you could maybe just expand on that a little bit, why do you feel that is? Yeah, you know, they're the ones that have created this problem. They're the ones that have directly resulted in the deaths of the people who uh, could not afford their insulin. They are directly responsible for the families that are struggling to keep their children and their loved ones alive. Um, you know, it's purely done out of greed. And at this point, you know, they're making trillions of dollars in profits off of our lives, off of, you know, the need to stay alive, to stay healthy. And, you know, they created the problem, so they need to be part of the solution. Lawmakers say they plan to continue negotiations through the summer. They hope to get the deal done sooner rather than later. Governor Walls has said once the agreement is reached, he will sign the bill into law. Minnesota Matters returns after this. Take a look under your bed. Find stuff under there? What about jobs? No? Now try your basement. There's a pair of overalls that overall you're not so into anymore. A perfectly good laptop that hasn't sat in your lap in months. And even more stuff, but still no jobs? Well, you really have both. See, stuff is defined as household articles considered as a group. Sometimes this stuff is no longer needed. Wait, no longer needed? That can't be right. Because remember those jobs you were looking for? Those are really needed, and they're the stuff inside your stuff even inside that winter coat that moved with you to Phoenix. Our job is to unlock those jobs, and it starts when you donate your stuff to your local Goodwill. Here's how we do it. When you donate to Goodwill, we sell your stuff to provide job training for people right here in your community. 
So just by teaming up with Goodwill, you help create jobs. And isn't that worth parting with the leftover guitar from your 80s cover band? Goodwill. Donate stuff, create jobs. Find your nearest donation center at Goodwill.org. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Minnesota Matters. It was a public information blitz as a new Minnesota law took effect this week, prohibiting drivers from using their cell phone while behind the wheel except in hands-free mode. Bill Werner has more. The official start of the new Minnesota law brought what could probably be described as mixed feelings. When lawmakers and law enforcement officials gathered in the state capitol rotunda, flanked by those who have lost loved ones to distracted drivers. Amy Lavallee's 19-year-old son died in a 2013 crash caused by a distracted driver. You know, it's kind of a bittersweet feeling, I would say. Um, you know, I'm, I'm glad. It's been a long, it's been almost six years next week. We're a week away from his six-year anniversary. And, um, you know, we started working on this stuff pretty much right afterwards. And um, we've met a great group of people that have helped us with this. And... Um, through everybody's collective efforts, it's finally come through, and I'm really excited because I believe it is going to save lives. Um, however, I still think that we have a lot more work to do as far as um, increasing penalties and as far as just getting people to just stop using their phones in general. I would love to see people just completely put their phones away and not use it at all when they're driving, because that's what I've done. For the last six years, I have not used my phone once when I'm driving. You can do it. It's, it's doable. You've been here at the Capitol. You know what the politics are. They had a difficult time even getting the hands free, aside from a total ban on cell phone use while driving. That that's realistic at some point in the near future. It sounds like that's what you'd like to have. I, I would love to see that happen. Um, I think it's probably a long time out. If it does happen, we might see driverless cars before then, just due to all the attitudes regarding using your phone when driving. But that would be my ultimate goal. Thomas Geltz from Hudson, Wisconsin, lost his daughter in 2016 in a crash near Stillwater that was caused by a distracted driver. Geltz says his daughter was pregnant at the time, and they also lost an unborn grandson, who would have been two and a half years old now. I'm happy that we've got this law in place now. Um, as advocates, we wanted a total ban on uh, use of phones in cars. That's that's the only way that we'd get the, the distractions from cell phones down to zero. Um, but we'll take what we can get. I think we, you know, until we have completely driverless cars for everyone um, or a complete ban, we're not going to control the exposure uh, the way we like. Happy that we're going to save, you know, 15% of drivers on distraction-related crashes, uh, but we could have got 100%. And as, as, as a safety professional, I'm always striving for perfection. And uh, so the, the, uh, the story has just begun. We just uh, concluded the first chapter, and we're going to keep rolling on through. I assume neither of you disappear from the Capitol at this point. To still be here? No, I mean, there's, uh, you know, we tried to get a penalties bill passed to this uh, legislative session and that failed in, in uh, committee, so we'll be back uh, pushing for that next year. And um, 
you know, there's other states that need help with this too. I live in Wisconsin and I'll be doing a lot of work there to try to get the hands-free law there passed as, as soon as possible. I would love to say we're done, but as Tom said, we, we're not. Our work is not done. We have more to do and we'll be back. We're in this for the long haul. Amy LaValle and Thomas Geltz, who both say they don't want anyone else to go through what they and their families went through. Also this week, Democratic presidential debate number two, this time in Detroit and again in two heats, 10 candidates per round, Minnesota's Amy Klobuchar among them. This is getting pretty close to a make or break point for Senator Klobuchar. Said Hamlin University political analyst David Schultz, Klobuchar and her more liberal rivals differed sharply over health care reform during this week's debate. Klobuchar contends allowing a public option, but also letting people keep their private insurance if they want. Clearly, this is the easiest way to move forward quickly, and I want to get things done. People can't wait. I've got my friend uh, Nicole out there whose son was actually died trying to ration his insulin as a restaurant manager, and he died because he didn't have enough money to pay for it. Rival Senator Bernie Sanders fired back. People talk about having insurance. There are millions of people who have insurance. They can't go to the doctor, and when they come out of the hospital, they go bankrupt. All right? Sanders is pushing Medicare for all, as is Senator Elizabeth Warren. You know, I don't understand why anybody goes to all the trouble of running for president of the United States just to talk about what we really can't do and shouldn't fight for. Klobuchar fired back. When we have a guy in the White House that has now told over 10,000 lies, we better be very straightforward with the American people. Do I think that we are going to end up voting for a plan that kicks half of America off of their current insurance in four years? No, I don't think we're going to do that. I think there is a better way. And how to reduce gun violence in America, another major issue in Democratic presidential debate number two. Several contenders, including Bernie Sanders, agreed with Klobuchar that the problem is the NRA. I sat across from the president of the United States after Parkland, and I watched and wrote down when nine times he said he wanted universal background checks. The next day he goes and he meets with the NRA and he folds. As your president, I will not fold. But presidential hopeful Marianne Williamson fired back. Politicians, including her fellow candidates, have taken money from corporate donors. And to think that they now have the moral authority to say we're going to take them on. I, I don't think the Democratic Party should be surprised that so many Americans believe yada, yada, yada. Scott. Thank you, Bill. Minnesota Matters returns after this. Welcome back to Minnesota Matters. Just across the border in Wisconsin, eight teenagers were recently hospitalized with severe lung damage. Doctors suspect it's the result of vaping. So just how common is teen vaping? MNN's Tasha Radel explores. With the increase in use of e-cigarettes and vaping, parents and teens need to be aware of the potential danger. Because these products are still new, the long-term effects of use are not fully understood. Joining me now is Laura Smith with Clearway, Minnesota. Laura, are we seeing similar trends here in Minnesota? Well, e-cigarette use, or also known as vaping, it's really threatening the health of Minnesota teens. So we're really concerned about what we've seen, a, a rapid rise in, in e-cigarette use. It's disrupted um, our progress to reduce youth tobacco use. Um, in fact, e-cigarette use by our last survey went up nearly 50% 
So today, one in five high schoolers is using e-cigarettes here in Minnesota, and nearly 40% have tried. So that's something that we're really concerned about. And in fact, we think those numbers might even be higher based on what we've seen in national trends. Um, And it's what the U.S. Surgeon General calls an epidemic of youth nicotine addiction. Have there been a lot of studies on vaping and how it affects the body and development and things like that? Or are we kind of in the early stages of that? We're in the early stages of learning about the exact effects of e-cigarettes. But we do know that nicotine in any form can harm the developing adolescent brain. And nicotine, um, it's in nearly every e-cigarettes, and there's a lot of nicotine in some of the more popular brands among youth, including Juul. Each Juul pod has more nicotine than an entire pack of cigarettes. So there's a ton of nicotine going into youth brains, and we're really concerned about that because it can prime young people to, for addiction, not only to cigarettes, but to other substances as well. And, you know, too, it got, uh, it, when we're talking about teens, these these things that kids are vaping out of, and I don't even know if I'm saying it right, but sure. they, they can be disguised as a, a number of different things. It doesn't have to look like a traditional cigarette. That's right. The Juul product, which is exceedingly popular among youth, it looks like a flash drive. It's really small. And some of the other devices, like Sorin, and um, other e-cigarette devices still coming on the market, they're made to be stealthy. They market themselves as stealthy. So that means that youth can use these products in schools and bathrooms. Sometimes they even challenge each other to use them behind the backs of teachers while they're in, in class. So this is really concerning to us. The, the current class that we're, we're seeing of e-cigarette products really are a recipe for addiction. They're fun and stealthy looking and the design is really novel. They have high amounts of nicotine, and they often come and almost always come in candy flavors and other flavors that are really appealing to youth. So the combination is really concerning and I think has really driven this rise of of e-cigarette use among kids. On Thursday, a new law went into effect surrounding the use of electronic cigarettes. Can you explain this? That's right. The, The law goes into effect that expands our clean indoor air law so that you can't use any e-cigarettes where smoking is already prohibited. So that's a really important step. It's not the only thing we can do to reduce youth tobacco use, but it's an important step in the right direction and sends a clear message to youth that e-cigarette use is not safe. So we're working um, not only on you know strengthening our clean indoor air law, but we're also urging the legislature to raise the tobacco age to 21 statewide, because we know if we can prevent youth from starting by 21, we can most likely that they'll never start at all using tobacco products. Um, And we're also working to make sure we're investing in the types of strong youth prevention programs so that youth are never starting these products and and starting toward a lifetime addiction. And, you know, when we talk about those investments, uh, do you fear that if we don't get that level of funding restored or extended that that we could potentially uh, go backward with all the hard work that, that we've done as a state? Well, we've definitely seen the e-cigarette trend disrupt our efforts to reduce youth smoking, and we're also seeing, um, you know, the same trends happen with young adults in terms of of e-cigarette use, and we've kind of stalled on our in our cigarette smoking rates among adults in Minnesota. So there is a real threat. And basically, one thing I I like to think about it as the tobacco industry isn't going to be letting up anytime soon, so neither should we. Well, lots of good information. Anything else that you wanted to add today? 
No, I, I really thank you for your attention to this issue. You know, we'll keep working and doing everything we can to pass strong local policies and be back at the legislature in 2020 to hopefully get some more done to protect our kids. Thanks again to my guest, Laura Smith, with Clearway, Minnesota. Back to you, Scott. Thank you, Tasha. Minnesota Matters returns after this. So you see, son, good manners are very, very important. Someday, many years from now, when you're a grown-up, you'll be a man. And when you are, you should be a gentleman. Do you want me to go through it one more time? Yes. Yes, please. Yes, please. Exactly. Always say please, thank you, you're welcome, and excuse me. Sit up straight, hold doors open for ladies. If a door's shut, then knock first. Don't burp, don't swear, don't speak with your mouthful, don't reach across people's plates, keep your elbows off the table. What table? And don't interrupt. While we're at it, don't stare, don't use foul language, don't call people names, but do remember people's names. Always share your toys, play nice, and cover your mouth when you cough or sneeze. On the bus, give up your seat to anyone who has trouble standing. Bottom line, treat others the way you'd like to be treated. Got it? Got it. And stop picking your nose. Most parenting is hard to do in just two minutes. But spending just two minutes twice a day making sure they brush their teeth is easier and could help save them from a lifetime of tooth pain. For fun two-minute videos to watch while brushing, visit 2min2x.org. That's 2min2x.org. A message from the Partnership for Healthy Mouths, Healthy Lives, and the Ag Council. Welcome back to Minnesota Matters. A fun way to spend an afternoon and support a great cause is coming up in St. Paul next weekend. Twin Cities radio personality Paul Fletcher is the host of Wiffle Wars 3. MNN Sports Director Mike Grimm sat down with Fletcher and gives us a preview of the event. Well, Paul, another exciting year of Wiffle Wars. Mm-hmm. Before we get into some of the background on it, let's just throw the dates, the times, and how people can get tickets right off the bat. Here, grab your pen and paper, and here's how you can do it. It's pretty simple. Go to wifflewars.com. It is August 10th, 430 in the afternoon, we play before a Saints game, and you can purchase tickets. Your ticket will get you into Whiffle Wars, get you into the Saints game. It'll get you a Saints hat and make a $9 donation to Children's Minnesota. Oh, that's awesome. And, of course, CHS Field is such a beautiful facility. Uh, it's going to be a beautiful weather day. We know that already. Yeah. And here we are, ready it has to go. To be. It has to be a beautiful weather day or else uh, Mother Nature will pay. The backdrop to this uh, Wiffle Wars is yeah. pretty cool. It r- literally started as a backyard fun and games with you and some buddies, and here we are now, the third one. Yeah, me and, uh, well, this is, a, if you count the backyard, this is the seventh. <laughs> right, Wiffle yeah. Wars 7, even though it's really Wiffle Wars, Wars three. 3. Yeah, yeah. so it, yeah, it started in my backyard seven years ago. We uh, we dragged the grill in the backyard, maybe a cooler with some beverages of some sort in there. We called it Wiffle Wars because we'd start at 10 a.m. and we'd go until 6. And I can remember... One of the times I was in, we did an Omaha style double elimination, and I can remember like I was in a championship game, and I'm pitch. We pitched every other inning. We had to take it was teams at two. We had to take turns every other inning. I was literally shot putting the ball because my rotator cuff wouldn't come over the top anymore. It was it was <laughs> unbelievable. And so it was a war of attrition. It truly was. And then we had the idea of like, hey, maybe we could you know raise some money with this and with their awesome motto of kill the grass, don't kill the vibe. The Saints were all about it. And so we're lucky to have it have it there every year. Yeah, and Mark Parrish, former Wild player, former St. Cloud State star, has been uh, he's uh, kind of helped you with this a little bit in terms of uh, helping bring players and celebrities, and and he himself brings a little bit of a cachet to the event. He definitely brings some cachet to the event. Yeah, it's it's funny. I don't think he would mind me saying that I do most of the work. Yeah, but he does some really important work, and that's connections to to people that. Uh, you know, I've built some connections myself, but most of it's all through him. Um, and so, yeah, I'm lucky to have him as a close friend, and, and he, he knows almost everybody. Was he involved in the initial backyard war? He was in, I can't remember if he was in the last two or the last one. Mm-hmm. 
I can't remember. I think he was in the last <laughs> two, but I'm not sure. Him and Zach Dillon will never let us forget that they cheated and they cohorted and ended up being on the same team, and that's not even fair because <laughs> Zach Dillon, is, who's a radio personality in town, played some college ball. He's friends of ours, mm-hmm. right? And Mark Parrish never played college ball, but he's super athletic. He's got hand-eye coordination, and he's hit the ball out of the park at both the Metrodome and Target Field. So he can play some ball, and those two are on a team <laughs> together, and it's not even fair. Not fair at all. All right, people love to come out and see people they see on TV or here on the radio Sometimes make a fool out of themselves, sometimes hit the ball over the fence, sometimes make a fantastic catch. Tell us why this is a great show and why people should come and watch. Well, I mean, it's it's unlike any, you know, like charities all have their golf tournaments, you know what I mean, which is fine. They raise a ton of money, golf tournaments. This is something super unique and different. I mean, it's wiffle ball. If you remember, it's the white little white ball with the holes and it curves all over the place. We've got the skinny yellow bats. But here's the deal. We get custom logoed wiffle balls and we want them to hit kids in the stands and so we don't do a lot of curve balls we kind of just throw it right down the pipe also we still have the skinny uh, yellow bats but we've now adopted the big giant colorful fat bats remember those when we were kids you got to see former viking legend john randall who's the size of like the ids tower with a tiny little fat bat in his hands it's something to to be seen in and of itself so the the whole idea is to be able to hit bombs at at people and uh, we've got like you said we've got tons of radio and tv personalities but lots of former professionals from all walks of life john randall as i mentioned chad greenway is going to be there this year ben lieber a lot of vikings representation uh former twins glenn perkins Corey koski the aforementioned mark Parrish, also bounced around the league a lot from here played at st cloud state ryan carter who's become a, a social media maven if you will for the wild a current wild player jt brown actor a star of film, Mr. Eric Stolhansky. If you've seen Super Troopers, you know who Eric Stolhansky is. And then there's a whole bunch of others uh, to go along with that. But that's just some notables. That sounds awesome. Now, each year you have kind of changed um, who the beneficiary is of this. Mm-hmm. I know last year it was, remind me. Hendrickson Foundation. Hendrickson Foundation. Yeah, it was which United year. Heroes League the first year, yep. Yep. And so this year you've gone with Minnesota Children's Hospital? Yeah, Children's uh, Hospitals and Clinics in Minnesota. This one was a no-brainer. I'm not even... Wiffle Wars came together sort of with United Heroes League a little bit the first year, and then but we decided we wanted to rotate it. This year was a no-brainer just because uh, I have a child who uh, we utilized children's when she was born, and I don't want to get super syrupy and, and dramatic, but she's possibly not with us if not for children's. So um, super no-brainer to uh, spend the rest of my life giving back to children. And, so, and then to help with all of the fundraising, there is an expense involved in this. Who are yeah. some people that help you out with that? They're so critical to events like this. We've got Great Clips, Twin City Summer Jam, which just concluded and had an awesome time out of Canterbury Park. So uh, the tickets being sold are awesome because we want people to be there. Your $9 donation, every dollar counts. But these huge... Uh, chunks from the sponsors are are so fantastic. Uh, Maynard's sponsored our wiffle balls. Obviously the Saints, because they give us an awesome house to play at. And then uh, SodaStick.com, the official uniform provider. Uh, and then Schmidt Creative, Melissa designs our logo for us, mm-hmm. which, you know, in this day and age is crucial. And then also, I should mention, even though I, I have no name to drop, because we got an anonymous donor that didn't want to be recognized at all, but they gave us $5,000, which is just unbelievable. That's amazing to just have somebody want to give you the money and not care about getting any, in fact, doesn't want any recognition for it. So Awesome. Thank you. Good work. Thank you for the time. That's Twin Cities Radio personality Paul Fletcher along with MNN Sports Director Mike Grimm. Again, Wiffle Wars 3 is set for August 10th at CHS Field in St. Paul leading up to the St. Paul Saints game. You can buy tickets at wifflewars.com and proceeds benefit Children's Minnesota. That's going to do it for this week. Thank you for listening. 
Please tune in again next week for Minnesota Matters on this MNN station.